Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch. Well, there's always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So let's lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and log some miles. I'm going to put Coach Christine on the spot today, and she is going to stretch her bounds and get you moving in those stretches. Ooh, I am excited. A little nervous, friends, because words are difficult for me sometimes, especially when it comes to stretches. It's kind of like giving directions, and I'm the worst at giving directions. I'm like, just use your GPS. But friends, let's do this. We can do it right here and now. We're going to get moving with those dynamic getting a little warmth, a little heat, and we're going to kick it off with calf raises. So these are some of my favorites. I like to actually do them sometimes when I am coaching these. So you're going to go ahead and just plant your feet about hip width apart, bring your weight up onto your toes, and then slowly lower those heels and then keep that movement going here for a little bit longer. If you're already outside and you see maybe a curb and it's safe, you feel balanced, go ahead and maybe pop up into that curb if you want a little bit of a longer stretch on those calves. This is a great way to also warm up those muscles, tendons, ligaments that are in our feet, a little bit more ankle mobility. And of course, those calves, I call them the pistons of our legs. So friends, let's go ahead and wrap those up in three, two, and one. And next, we're going to go into some of my favorites. We're going to do a little high knees to get that energy going, a little warmth. So you're going to bring up those knees, alternating them up towards your chest or about waist high. If they don't get right to the waist, no big deal. It's absolutely fine, friends. Just bring them up a little bit here, alternating them back and forth, a little bit of movement going, creating that heat again, and just getting ready to pop up off of those feet as we move into our runs. And I'm actually dancing as I'm doing this because it's impossible for me to talk about movement without actually moving my body. So let's get a few more of those in three, two, and one. And I feel that the best way to complement high knees is with butt kicks. So you're going to drive those heels back towards those booties. And during this 30 seconds where we are doing this movement, I want you to set your intention for today's long brunch. You're going to kick some asphalt. You're going to take some names. That's why they're butt kicks, my friends. Let's keep that going. These are absolutely my favorites. I tend to sometimes even put my hands behind the lower part of my glutes just to see if I can make a little bit of contact. But again, it creates a bit of a stretch in your quad. And if you don't quite make that heel contact, with your hand or maybe your booty. It's okay. It's all about progress. And we're going to wrap those up here in three, two, and one, going right into walking lunges, alternating these walking lunges. Now, some friends have difficulty with walking lunges with balance, and that's okay. Just engage your core, stay nice and tall. If you prefer to do alternating forward lunges, that is perfect okay. Just make sure that you're very mindful of your knees as you come down. I know some people sometimes will bring their knee a little too far down or a little too hard onto that ground or again, that concrete or asphalt, depending where you're at. And we want them to be nice and healthy as we roll in to our walk because from these walking lunges, we're gonna go right into our nice, strong five minute walk to warm it on up in three, two, and one, let's make that happen, friends. So we're here at my favorite, favorite part, walking it out. I'm doing a little walk out here with my shoulders. So Coach Shelby, <laughs> I, I went ahead and took over dynamic stretches because we have our dear Coach Shelby is still a little under the weather. 
I am. I feel I, I called myself a sad potato the other day. And ever since then, it just kind of fits like, you know, when you go and you grab a potato out of the bag and it's kind of like a little squishy, but you could still probably cook it up and eat it. But it's questionable. That's where I'm at. I'm just a little sad potato. Well, we're not questioning you whatsoever. We know that you are still good for for this long brunch and cooking it up, girl. But what we decided to do is just lean fully into the fact that she's feeling a little under the weather and something that always comes to mind, something that I grew up having and just in time, it's chicken soup for the soul this weekend. So we're excited. It's an actually national holiday. Why do we know this? I don't know. We just randomly have some insane knowledge. According to Google, it's what it is. So we're going to lean fully into chicken soup for the soul and hopefully send her some really good, healthy vibes that she gets much, much better. So coach, you're a vegetarian. So tell us more about how you do chicken soup. I think you need one. Yeah. (laughs) So I do. I don't eat uh, meat anymore. I am plant-based. Um, but I grew up with chicken noodle soup because my mom always called it Jewish penicillin. And it really, it just cured everything. You had a cup of chicken soup and it it just sets you right. Um, but it really actually is semi-easy. I will, I will give a little precursor to that to adapt it to be a plant-based soup by adding garbanzo beans or lentils Mm -hmm. or any other bean really that you want and you still get the same nutrition from the vegetables the carrots and the celery and the onion and oh my goodness I am hungry right now (laughs) well we'll talk a little bit more about the food aspect of how we're going to play on this chicken soup today um towards Coffee with the Coaches or a little bit later in our segment. But right here, right now, know that we are going to take this theme of Chicken Soup for the Soul entirely from start to finish. And we're going to kind of talk about how Chicken Soup for the Soul, the book, got it right and how we can incorporate this into our everyday lives or into our runs. So that's actually what we're going to have for our game of the day as you're going through this long brunch and you're thinking about things that are good for your soul that just make you feel a little bit better. Maybe put a pep in your step or help to kind of restore you. What is your go-to chicken soup for your running soul? So we're going to have a little graphic in that newsletter. We'd love to see you share as to what that means for you. And coach, have you thought about what's chicken soup for the soul for your running soul? Uh, I definitely think easy runs. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm not feeling the run or I'm not feeling going out in general, um, just those nice, easy runs. A lot of times there's no set, uh, even distance and just kind of going and running for whatever I feel like. It brings me back to when I was first starting out running, when I didn't concentrate on a mileage or pace or anything. And I just ran for the heck of it. Right. So I, I love doing that. Do you, do you have a set like workout that you do or do you go for like the chicken soup of the soul of picking out your sparkly outfit? Like, where do you kind of fall on that? It depends. It depends. I was just thinking about that as we discussed, actually, when you posed the idea for this game, I was like, that's a really good question. So I, I hope that folks actually take it pretty seriously and spend some time being contemplative. So there are times for me that my chicken soup for the soul, and it goes back to me being so incredibly extroverted, um, is connecting with my running girlfriends. Now, my running girlfriends have all moved 
into different parts of the world. And that's very typical for here in Florida. Uh, we have a wide group of folks that move into the area and then move out. Usually about two to three years people are here. So I kind of gotten used to some of my nearest and dearest friends moving away. This is just something I've dealt with my entire life. Um, so connecting with them on occasion, whenever we get to see each other and going out for a run, really restores all of those wonderful aspects. Um, but also being in nature. So I know like while I run outside, I also do a lot of suburban running. So when I need an extra chicken soup for the soul, I may go for a run on the beach and I will actually drive out to the beach and it's about 45 minutes for me, or it may be a really beautiful like wooded trail. Even this time of year, I'll try my hand at some trail runs. So friends with that, Whatever is your chicken soup for the soul, we look forward to hearing about it, but we're going to have you go into your first segment. We're going to do two endurance blocks today, doing 25 minutes. And I know I probably said 25 minutes like, no, but you can do it. Do whatever you need during this to be honor, honoring your race day strategy and your training strategy. But let's go into it in three, two, and one. All right, my friends, we are Yes, in that conversation pace. This is where it's all at. Taking it nice and even here. And maybe if you are so inclined, you can do this a couple different ways. You can look at trying to make them as even as possible. So matching that next 25 minute block to this one as well and seeing if you could stay within a few seconds. Or if you're feeling a little warmer towards that one, maybe picking it up just by a little bit. But for here, we're going to kick it off with this incredible post that we have going here about chicken soup for the soul. So number one out of the gate, you want to go for it, coach? Yes. So this probably has to be my favorite on the list because I Mm -hmm. think we all struggle in running and in our day-to-day about owning that we're awesome. And the first one on the list is it's okay to say you are a total badass mama jamma mana jamma whatever you are if you don't go with either that's okay you're just a badass like keep it simple and um i know we're always taught like when we're younger to be be kind of quieter we don't boast we don't we're not a sore winner or anything like that and that's totally great get it but just kind of embracing the fact that we are awesome And I think this is especially true right now with race season. Everybody has spent weeks and months training for these races. And we've seen the past couple uh, marathons specifically not go exactly how everybody wanted due to weather and other factors. So I think this is a really important one to kind of just embrace that you're doing the darn thing. Like, it's okay for us to feel awesome because we're trying. And I think that's something that we lose a lot, especially as we get older, because we pull our self-worth from our accomplishments and not necessarily for just our efforts. I think that that, I'm so glad you actually pointed that out because I know that in talking to folks and actually seeing some of the posts that people uh, have been doing after the races is like, well, it wasn't the race that I wanted or it wasn't the race that I trained for. So starting it off as a qualifier. And I don't know if I've discussed this with you, coach, but I actually earlier on in my career, I got myself a male mentor. And I know I'm going back to this gendered conversation when at this point in our lives, a lot of folks are breaking down that, that gender, um, that gender boundary. But for me, being a female in the corporate world, I noticed that I use language that's really 
I guess, humble and very like apologetic. I, you know, I was one of those folks where I would apologize for everything, like everything. Oh, you didn't win the Guilty. jackpot last night. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's my control. Um, it was just one of those things naturally. So it was very interesting in having a male mentor because there were so many times that whenever I had like a presentation or I had any kind of a very difficult thing to discuss, he would tell me, absolutely, there's no reason for you to qualify it in that way. And that's what he calls them. He calls them qualifiers. You don't have to pre-qualify it with a but or a justification. You go right out of the gate, own the fact that you spent a lot of time and effort into this, that you know you're and excuse my language, that you know your shit, you feel capable, you feel powerful. And whether or not it was the results that they were looking for or that you may have thought that was going to be, you still put in that time and energy and you know it. So you should move forward with that. So I think that that's really powerful. Being boastful sounds wrong for so many of us. I mean, pride, one of the seven deadly sins, but we're not talking about necessarily being annoying about it. It's just really owning the fact that you are doing something that a lot of people are not willing to do. They are not willing to train for it, put other things on hold for it, and definitely go after there and chase whether it's a 5k, a one mile race or a marathon, you are getting out there and doing it. Yeah, for sure. It's like, we're not saying go hire a skywriter. That would be a little too I much. I mean, I'd be okay with that if you do. <laughs> Only if they shoot out sparkles. But there was actually a whole post done um, by Laura. I believe her last name is McGreen. And she had a whole thing saying, no one cares. No one literally cares like that your race did not go as planned. Like not saying that we don't feel for you or anything, but no one's going to sit there and look at your splits with your medal and be like, Yes, I see here you were five seconds slower than you had anticipated. Shame on you. No one is looking at it. Absolutely. So be like, yeah, I did a marathon this weekend. Even if somebody says, did you win? Just be like, yeah, I freaking did. You know why? Because I started. You know, I, not only is that phenomenal, I also want to take into uh, take this as an opportunity to be like, you don't even have to tell anybody about your time. If you don't feel like that's something, it does not matter. The fact is whether it took you, if you were out there with the elites or you were the last person to come through, you cover that same exact distance. So definitely just going out there and saying, I did it is enough. And that can be also for just getting in your training, for being consistent, for you know, choosing to do your stretches after your workout when, hello, I'm talking to myself here. So many often, <laughs> so many times I choose to skip them and be like, you know, I'm going to give myself a little bit of extra pat on the back. So definitely maybe even go ahead right here, right now. We usually say it towards the end, but before we move on to the next thing on the list, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back because I guarantee that at some point in your brain, you had to struggle with yourself to get those shoes laced up, to get out that door on that treadmill. So already you have won. You won the game. Go ahead and pat yourself right now. I'm, I'm doing it. Pat myself on the shoulder. <laughs> Which I love how, I don't even think you mentioned this, but it's like a perfect segue to number two on the list. Which, okay, I slide. This is probably my favorite one. Don't sit on the sidelines. Oh, and, girl. <laughs> Oh, right? Like, I... I was not a sitter on the sidelines as a kid. I did shift into that a little bit as I got older because I, I tried dulling my sparkle, which is something that I will never do again. Hmm. But don't sit on the sidelines, one, because you don't think you're good enough, or two, because someone told you that's where you belong. 
it's always goes back to that saying like you're not free salsa you're guac baby like be guac yeah and if you don't like guac be salsa whatever you love that you prize put that on your plate and own it that that is your energy yes just charge for it yeah (laughs) yes i i mean i love that mentality in every aspect of our life, be it from training with running or asking for the promotion at work or taking on the big project. Or I also am a big believer of not necessarily waiting for things to happen for you. So um, for example, if you know in your heart that you do better running with a a person group and you have had difficulty finding people in your community that you want to run with, throw it out there into maybe touch base with a local run shop or a local physical therapist or a local um, chiropractor. There's different groups of segments of people who would know like where the other runners are and see if maybe they'd be willing to sponsor a group night for you to lead. And I know not everybody has the time, but don't sit it out. If you feel like there's a need for something in your life, go out there and create it because I guarantee somebody else needs it as well. Well, I'm serious. I know I've said this before in our origin uh, episode about how you helped me not sit on the sideline because you're texting me like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to say? Like, where, where are we going with this? And while I wasn't content to sit on the sideline, I've been very transparent with the fact that I probably wouldn't have thought to move forward with like this show. And I credit that to you. And then I do give my credit to myself because it's like I could have put myself on the sideline and be like, no, you know, I don't think that that's right. Or what if it doesn't work or this, that and the other thing. And we were like, F it. okay, we're going to go with it. And we took ourselves off the sideline when we very easily could have just gotten very comfortable there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you ever think like what would life have looked like? I mean, it's only been a few months in actuality. It's just been over three months. But what life would have looked like if you would have chosen not to? have moved forward with this I would have been more of a sad potato <laughs> like I'm only a sad potato now because I'm sick but I'm, I'm a happy potato I'm a I'm a spudly spud you're a spudly spud you're a sparkly spud you're spectacular I'm spectacular <laughs> yes I love it we really do say I love that and I love it so much uh, it's just true we're just so much love. Eventually, friends, be prepared. We are going to have a little bit of our version of a drinking game. Maybe it's going to be hydration. Maybe it's going to be running, but one or the other, we're going to have you go ahead and probably probably pick up the pace for 10 seconds every time we say I love this. (laughs) That is going to be probably the hardest brunch you'll ever have. (laughs) I mean, maybe. But yes, I, I do think that sometimes it is really hard to not get caught up into waiting things out. Um, and that's okay. If you are a little bit slower in getting into the game, that's that's fine. You don't by any means have to um, be the first one out of the gate, but don't sit it out. So I love that because it goes right into the third thing on this list, which is if you want something, ask for it. Ah, oh, this one, girl, this one like, I like, this is 101 of life. And I'm going to talk about relationships on this one. And I know we're going to get back to running on Ooh. it as well. But so often in every relationship that you have, be it a coworker, be it your supervisor, be it your significant other, be it your child, your parent, there are usual little tiny resentments that build up because you feel like this individual should just do something. Um, you're hoping that they do maybe that they pick up 
I don't know, their plate and they put it in the sink or maybe that they take out the trash. I'm talking about like domestic things here or at home. You wish that your boss would recognize you for a project that you've worked hard on or you wish that a coworker would help with um, pitching in. Whatever the case may be is that if you do not ask for it, that individual you're unfairly not allowing this individual to to know what means a lot to you. So I think that this really opens up a good communication that also helps you to mitigate any sense of resentment towards that person. Yeah, and the same goes for the running. Like if you don't feel like you're getting your runs in or let's say you have a long run and you don't have a running friend to go with you, ask a friend or your partner or somebody to ride their bike while you run. Mm. Like most people will say yes if you ask. And if they say no, well, depending on what you're asking them, it also is a really good barometer if that relationship is serving you. Um, Not saying go out and test people, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah, no, Um, I think that that's a perfect example of, is this a relationship that actually is a give and take? Because if you're willing to ask for it and they're willing to, time after time, they're saying no. And truly that goes to show that you're, you're likely not as important them, or at least not at this point in their their life, as you need them to prioritize you. Yeah, ask them to be at that finish line. Mm-hmm. Ask them to meet you at the halfway point with water or a snack. Ask them to rub your feet at the end of the night. Hint to my husband. I ask him so <laughs> often. Like I'll just I'll put my feet like on his lap and I'll just kind of like twirl him around a little bit. He just looks at me and I'm like, hey, what you doing there? <laughs> like that's that's my intimacy love language. Or ask the loved ones to come up with um, one really great gift, like a garment underneath the Christmas tree or in your Hanukkah stocking. We'll be talking about our upcoming gift guide that you can send people uh, to your, just to let them know like, hey, these are the kind of things that I would like you to, to get for me. That's actually very- Did you say Hanukkah stocking? What do, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> no, I hope somebody makes a Hanukkah stocking. <laughs> oh, trust me. I am the queen of emerging uh, those two holidays Christmas together. Cup? What do you call it? it? For me, I, I, I mean, I do Christmas and Hanukkah, but yeah, you could call it Christmaka. But I actually will get into this in the holiday episodes, but I do merge those two holidays together because I do celebrate both. So stay tuned. I cannot wait <laughs> to get into all of the different aspects of it. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. But yes, as for it, you know, I'm before we touch into number four and friends, I want you to check in with your form. We're almost 15 minutes in. So a little bit over 10 minutes to go before we have that halfway point. But I want you to also, I want to touch back to what you said, ask for those loved ones to be at a finish line. There are so many times that the runner, the people in your life, they know that this means a lot to you, but likely they don't know how much it means to you because they're not with you every step of the way when you're actually struggling or in your own mind, struggling to get your shoes on or to keep pushing forward. So please, 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 if you want them at that finish line, ask them to be there. Um, because that, that is one of the things that breaks my heart whenever I hear of athletes talking about how they wish that a loved one would have been at the finish line. They may not be able to be there to spectate the entire race. But they should likely be able to make it happen and be there for that finish line if you ask them to. At least drive you home or something. And I'm going to have to find this and we'll put it in the blog for this episode. But there's actually a really, well, it's funny because of the way they do it. But there's a video about... Um, a girl on a cover of a magazine dressed Mm -hmm. a little bit more um, 
scantily. I think that's mm-hmm. okay to say. Okay. Um, and it goes through this entire segment of these women dressing and asking for it. This is a totally a different oh, asking yes. for it. But it's like one's in a boardroom and gets up on the table and is like proclaiming she's the boss. And she's dressed like in a full suit and just looks super, super powerful. And they're like, you're not the boss. And she goes, I don't have to. I am asking for it. And like points to her outfit. So it's just, it's a really like tongue in cheek way of doing it, but it's a hilarious uh, video. I, I get it. I do. I, so basically it's kind of like dressing for the job you want and, and letting yes. that kind of help to influence your mind. Ooh, I, I like that. You're taking it into like, a I don't have subliminal to. level, girl. Right. But it's just, it's a super empowering video of a topic that we talk about a lot about mm-hmm. how people are shamed for what they wear because they're asking for it. And it's like, okay, let's flip that on its head and really just smash all of the social, I don't even know, but it, it'll yes, be in the notes. Yeah. It, it'll be great. Oh, I love it. I, yes. Well, again, probably our fifth time saying that so far, just in this <laughs> five minute segment. Well, we are going to go on to the next thing on this particular list and put in our little running spin. Oh, and this one's so perfect for a running spin, which is to learn a new skill just got to start doing it. Can you, I mean, seriously, like you are preaching to the choir, the converted. I am, you know, I've been tithing on this one for, for decades, friends. So <laughs> let's talk about how, how do you feel about this coach? Like, what do you tell folks that maybe are scared to start doing the track workouts or to maybe actually start incorporating rest days? Cause I know there's some of you listening right here, right now that have a little bit of difficulty with this new skill of actually taking rest. (laughs) Well, like I'm going to reel it back to the beginning Mm -hmm. and I want everybody, again, I do this a lot, but bring it back to when you were first starting to think about wanting to run and wanting to be a runner. What did you do? You just started doing it. Like no matter how you did, like you just one day, you just started running channeling Forrest Gump here and you just started running you moved one foot in front of the other so take that same gumptia that you had when you decided to become a runner and yeah apply it to the track workouts apply it to those rest days if you want to do something you're gonna have to start it's not gonna look pretty you again can't sit on the sidelines and kind of unpacking to why you're hesitating to start doing it. So why do you fear rest days? Do you feel like, oh, I'm quote unquote lazy or I'm not going to make progress or I'll lose momentum? Okay. So take those thoughts and I challenge you to take the rest day, do the track workout, and then after it's done, go yay me and forget about it and just start the next day. Each day really is a new beginning. The sun's gonna come up tomorrow. It might not feel like that, depending on what you're going through in your life, but every day the sun is gonna come up and take that as your literal reminder to just start. You said so many things that I wanna unpack right here, right now, that it's almost (laughs) like we're gonna have to make this workout longer, but we're not gonna do that. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try (laughs) and pull it back a little bit couple of things with just doing it. Oh, I love how you phrased it because it, it really is just that simple. And I know it's, I go back to the keep it super simple, the KISS strategy of, of life. Sometimes 
We have to remember that what's simple isn't easy. It may not be easy for you to start this new skill or to start practicing rest days or to start practicing track workouts or whatever the thing is that you may have, but it still is simple in that just putting that energy into an action versus accumulating knowledge or desire. And I'm going to give you a great point. I have probably read 75% of the books on ultras. And I find that a lot of my best knowledge on racing and coaching or training has come from the ultra marathon world. It does not make me an ultra runner though. It has not an any capacity. I can't wait. I can't go and move forward and say, Hey, I've accumulated all this knowledge from all of these books, a very passive way of taking in the information. And although I love it and I'm able to, and I feel like it's made me a better coach and maybe a better runner, it still doesn't make me an ultra runner. So if you are on the fence friends of any of those big things, it's really exciting to think of these things and to plan one day I'm going to do an Ironman. One day I'm going to do an ultra one day. I'm going to do a 5k one day I'm going to take that extra, I don't know, dance class as my cross training. You need to actually move forward in the action instead of staying stuck in that planning phase, which a lot of us tend to do. Um, and not ju- no judging here, just letting you know that if it means a lot to you, you do need to move forward in it. The next thing that you talked about that I want to unpack a little bit, coach, is you discussed how our friends that um, just kind of remembering how back in the day when we first started and that gumption, that oomph. And I think that reconnecting to that in so many ways will remind us how far we've come and how much more we can continue our progress. Yeah. And it, it's funny. I didn't even mean this when I started my tangent or my, my discussion. Let's, let's reframe it that way. Um, but I've been very transparent that my own running has been just, a lot. It's been all over the place. I've worked really hard to be consistent. And then, of course, I got sick. My family got sick. It just was one thing after another. And I actually opened up my phone on my notes tab and I wrote this down the other day because it goes with just starting and going out and just doing your best. And I said, I could be frustrated that I keep having to quote unquote restart. Or I could be really friggin' proud that I'm not giving up. And I think that plays into it really well, patting myself on the back, because you just have to start. It doesn't matter that you've fallen off the consistency or that you've let this drop or that drop or this fall by the wayside. But be proud of yourself that you aren't giving up. And you keep trying to stoke that fire. You keep trying to restart that engine. Oh my goodness. I know we need to go on to the next one, but I have to also say that you nailed it in that conversation because in another book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, he points out an experiment that was done on college students that were taking a photography class. And there was two uh, groups. One group had to submit their idea of the perfect photograph in terms of composition and whatever the case it may be. The other individuals were graded on how many photographs they took. So they, like if they took 500, that's how they would get an A. And what they found was the people who kept starting, who kept putting themselves out there, who kept trying to get that majority of like just restarting, not beating themselves up about it if the photograph didn't come out well, they actually ended up with the better photograph at the end versus the people who spent the entire semester trying to get that one perfect training cycle. I'm I'm bringing it back to training cycle. So don't worry (laughs) about it being perfect. 
as long as you keep restarting and making it happen. So yes, I, I again, love that so much. We're going to have to find some a thesaurus. I, um, not sure <laughs> what would have as much, but do you want to share with us on number five? Cause I feel like this one also touches our hearts quite a bit. We do. And we've talked about before number five, you need to put your phone down and it's hard. It's really interesting if you do an experiment with yourself of putting your phone in another room and you'll realize how many times you actually go to either pick your phone up or go to look at your phone or find your phone. And it's really hard because our phones are our lifelines. That's how we communicate with work, our loved ones and everything. And, um, it's important to have your phone around you in case of emergency, especially in today's world. I get that. I had that firsthand with me this weekend. I had a emergency that if I wouldn't have been near my phone could have really not been so great. Um, however, we're talking about here putting down your phone with a purpose. And you've had a great tip of either deleting apps or silencing notifications, which I've done um, on my social media apps of making sure that I'm not getting pinged all the time with new information, which does help my lack of technology dependency. So as you're talking about putting the phone in a different room, I actually wanted to physically go to my phone and touch it because it's almost become an appendage for all of us, right? Like it's like, I'm like, she's triggering every desire for me to touch my phone in this conversation. And I agree. We all are very dependent and we, for good reason. I do think that though, when it comes to running, this is one of the major ones. And yes, we know we're coming to you from this beautiful technology of your cell phone, but there's something to be said about allowing yourself to put on the playlist, put on uh, time for brunch, hint, hint, put on whatever it may be, maybe an audiobook, whatever it is that you're listening to, and then just locking it, throwing that phone on do not disturb, especially if those notifications come to your watch like mine do. So that is so... Um, it just takes me out of being able to get into a flow state with my run. So throw those on do not disturb. Of course, there's always a way to make sure emergency contacts can get through and let yourself really revel in that time being your time, which this is your time, my friends, because we're exactly at that halfway point. And you can use this as a restorative chicken soup soul and just pull back into a walk or you can pop it on up with a little bit of spiciness in that chicken soup if you're throwing in some like chili peppers in three, two, and one. For just two minutes here, you could do a little bit of both. But yes, I love that we do live in a society where distraction is like paramount. You can't do anything without being easily distracted. And bringing that back into this almost meditative state with our runs, allowing us to really focus on just our breath, our movement, our posture, and check on that posture while you're here in this two minutes. And not turning to the phone, not necessarily getting caught up too much in texting or or trying to um, remember what you need to make for dinner or what you might need to get from the groceries. Let your mind just kind of get into that flow state of really connecting to your body and how you feel. And I think this one is especially true for running. So I will be fully transparent when I am out on a run. I have my watch going. I have my notifications. I don't do the do not disturb when I'm running because I'm always terrified that something's not going to go through and it's going to be a true emergency or that I'm going to need something, too many buttons. So 
on your run, if you are like me and can't just do without having, this is where I'm going to challenge you to work on that mental game to where when I am running and I get the notifications on my watch, I get the text message that comes through or I get the mile split that comes through. Try working on your mental strength of not looking, resisting the urge. Because eventually, too, it does seep into your non-running aspects. Like when you hear your texts go off and you're sitting down and you're comfy, you don't shoot up to go grab the phone. You don't jump at every email notification. And really try to exercise that muscle while you're exercising your other ones. I think that's an incredible challenge. And I think that's even more challenging than hitting do not disturb because I use technology to help me with that. Like uh, just those um, Pavlovian response I have to my phone. But friends, let's take it back into the back half of this run in three, two, and one. As we continue to go through this incredible top 10 things that the Chicken Soup for the Soul book got right and applying it to running. (laughs) Up next, we're going to talk about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things to talk about, which is why more sleep and more veggies are always a good idea. Um, coach, back uh, to our freaking frack. Yes. <laughs> like sleep. I don't even pretend that sleep exists anymore. No, you have to get in more <laughs> sleep. Don't say that to me. All right. Well, throw it on me, coach. How do I get more sleep? Okay. So realistically, do you have snippets of your day that you can, if you can't fall asleep, because I know there's a lot of folks that are not good day nappers. Now, again, I grew up in a culture that kind of um, like took naps. I remember actually taking naps when I was younger. Um, My mom would go like lay down for just a few minutes, literally about five to 10 minutes, like power naps, siestas. They are the jam. They should be as far as I'm concerned, like around the world adopted. But so I'm curious, do you not have times where you could get like a little five or 10 minutes in of just closing your eyes, even if you don't sleep during the day? Maybe that Instagram time. Gonna be honest, (laughs) I could probably find the time. Okay. I do not make it a priority. Okay. Um, I should do it more. And I think that's a good point because I never really thought about it because like I think sleep, like you got a nap, but you could have like a little meditation time or just like you said, just five minutes of not having to be on. Um, and I'll probably like do that after I get done with a project, like I'll sit in my chair for a second and close my eyes. Um, my jam is adding more veggies and not just because I am plant-based, but I always try to find ways to incorporate veggies. Um, my biggest one is breakfast, as I make an eggless quiche. I use the uh, just egg, and I put broccoli in my quiche in the morning. And I get a dose of nutrients, which is not helping me right now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get off that shtick and not be salty. I do put salt in my quiche, though. Well, you don't know for the fact that it's not helping you. I mean, potentially you could have gotten sicker if you haven't, if you didn't include such a nutrient dense um, diet for the day to day basis. So I I think, I think it's probably helping. It just may not feel like it's the magic cure, the magic um, end all be all, because it kind of works 
in little increments. You got to get those little minerals going, let your body restore from that. But again, that's where that sleep would really help. So I do know sleep is tough for a lot of us to come by. And it is the first thing that we, when we look at our 24 hours a day, most of us will take it away from sleep versus any other part of our days. And I I say it quite often that I have the difficulty of like when I get into something, a book or a show or anything like I want just a little bit more and a little bit more and it starts to seep into like maybe midnight before I or even when I get into a flow state at work like I'll be into my groove and having to pull away from the screen to send myself to bed so what I have found though is that um, I use a guided meditation for my sleep and some of them I again leaning into my like hippie kind of stuff uh some of them are like meditative states where i will use like subliminal messaging on healing process and i think for training that's always so good because sleep is where we heal and just letting my body kind of power down so that it can restore is always just a really good reminder and it's a magic pill like if you want a magic pill there's two magic pills i think and it's water and sleep it helps with it just throws your hormones who doesn't feel a little bit better after a good restful night's sleep. I know I do. My dad would argue that there's a third one and it's a grapefruit. You know, I'm, literally- I'm not hating. I love grapefruit. I love citrus and it's Florida citrus this time of year. Usually like a few more weeks is like peak and I cannot wait. My dad always told us all you need is a glass of water and grapefruit. And he's not talking about grapefruit juice people. He's talking about like slicing a grapefruit in half eating it like a cave person over the sink or the garbage can just go and ham on it like no dainty little spoon or anything I'm I'm so with it because even like the little skin of the grapefruit has so many great nutrients in it as well and it's just the zest of it smells fantastic it's 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 definitely I love it there's the ruby reds is that what he goes for does he go for any grapefruit because I'm a little tartar no, he goes for, I think it's the ruby reds. Mm-hmm. He's very specific. Like, we will not pick out his grapefruits. He has to go pick out his grapefruit. It's a, it's a whole thing. Um, but you are right. With sleep, it's the first thing to go. And I need to get better personally about how I make my running times more of a non-negotiable. I need to harness that with my sleep as well. And being flexible, like, okay, if I can't get to bed at X time, I want to be in bed by this time instead. Same thing we do with our runnings. Like, okay, if I can't get my run in this morning, I'm going to go this afternoon or this evening, depending on your schedule, and kind of falling in that same mindset. Yeah. And again, that's such a great reminder. It doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to be eight, nine, 10 hours of sleep. My body actually performs best at nine hours. And I can't say that I get nine hours every single night, but allowing yourself the opportunity to at least go into your room and have more of a quiet activity, even if you're not sleeping, just letting your body kind of start releasing those stressors is absolutely such a wonderful thing. So one of my favorite things on this very good list. Um, I love the irony in this though, that we're saying this and we were pinging each other at like 11 o'clock the other yes. night so I mean again don't now, don't ever think that we that, have all the answers oh, people there, and I think that like yesterday I was super excited because I actually had broccoli and it had been at least a few days since I had had <laughs> any vegetables I was like yay broccoli and it just tasted absolutely amazing <laughs> so no we definitely don't have all the answers um I do also think that's why I have become more flexible with my run times though because in the past I would work until midnight or one o'clock and then force myself to get up at 5 a.m to go out for a run and I just noticed that my training wasn't its best I wasn't feeling good 
Um, I was gaining weight, a lot of weight, and not that there's anything wrong with gaining weight, but I was just turning to really fast carbs and nutritionally was making decisions that weren't necessarily the best just because I was so tired. So now I do prioritize sleep and allow myself to find, like, since it is harder for some folks to nap, then I would use my lunchtime for a run versus getting up earlier to go running. So, you know, little ways of just figuring out what your rhythms are and and honoring them, which takes us to the next step. Do you want to go into the next thing on the list? Yes, which again, I'm going to bring it back to this. Make now the time. So in... In a lot of it, it says, write the book, save for a house, put $5 away. But even for our own little baby business, we've called it our time for brunch. We just made now the time. Again, neither of us had ever been podcasters. I'm still in awe of Christine's editing skills. How she just like whipped that out like a superpower. But it's there's never going to be an ideal time. Like, we've said it before, like, okay, if I could have picked, I would have started running sooner. Well, I didn't. So I just picked the time. I wasn't going to wait. And the same can be true for doing races. You're never going to have a perfect time to sign up for your first race or a new distance or your first marathon. I know that's something that a lot of people struggle of when should I do this? If you feel it's the right time for you, sign up, do it, take the plunge. I feel so seen in what you just said, coach. I'm going to let you know. First of all, I love that we could play off the fact that we made now the time for brunch, (laughs) (laughs) but neither here nor there. Um, I've been struggling a lot with the fact that we are, we have launched a baby business and I think that a business is very similar. I know I'm not a mom, so moms do not come at me. I'm, I'm afraid that Coach Shelby is going <laughs> to come through my computer screen when I say this. But I think that there may be some similarities of like sleepless nights because there's a lot that, that you still have to do. Clearly, we do not have a staff. There's not somebody that we can delegate things to. We have to figure out a way to make it happen together and balancing other things that happen in our lives, like getting sick or preparing for a hurricane or the holidays or <laughs> things like that all around the same time. Um, so I have been questioning, is now the time for me to do Tokyo? Because as you guys know from previous episodes, if you've run with us before, Tokyo is my final star in the pathway for me to get like this long goal that I had for now going on it over a decade. So I have a lot of like, I don't know, it's not going to be the perfect training cycle. It just, it won't look like what that training cycle looked like previously when I had more time. I had um, a more structured life where I could use PTO if I had an incredibly incredible hard run or I needed some extra time to, I don't know, organize my book bag or whatever the case may be. I don't have that luxury necessarily now, but I love that you really brought this forward as if it's sitting on my heart this much, I know that it's it's the time. It may not be perfect. It may not be beautiful, but it's still time for me to move forward with it. So thank you for motivating me on that. Thank you for welcome. giving me permission to do it, even though it may look a little messy, may not look like what I want it to to be, but it'll still be the right time for me to do it. I Hey, I had the same thought about me doing New York next year. I'm like, gosh, when I picked to defer in 2020, for till 2023, I was like, oh, everything will be fine by then. I'll have this done. I'll have that done. It'll be great. 
spoiler alert, life yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. And it's and it's disheartening and it's okay to be disappointed. Um, but I think especially like you said about how your last training cycle was so fire. Like you were ready. And it's hard when you have races planned and they get moved for one reason or another and then having to get into that mental state of it being a new training cycle, a new goal race. And it can get really hard to stay positive, quite frankly. Gosh, that goes perfectly into the next one. And I'm going to just segue it with, I had another mentor. So friends, if you haven't figured it out yet, I really do believe it takes a community to do anything in life. So when I find somebody that I um, have any kind of a kinship or that I really recognize just that they bring a lot of value, I will be like, hey, you make a lot of valuable contributions to the world and I want you to make a valuable contribution to me. So I will ask people to be my mentor. I have another mentor who always told me and I love her. I mean, I love her so much. Um, she says, this is what life looks like when it's working. So it, it's, and I love that because it's such a simple statement because we think life is supposed to be perfect. As you just mentioned, you, you thought that in 2023, your training was going to look very differently because life would be perfect by then. But this is what life looks like when it is working, meaning you're still moving forward. You're still progressing and having that positive approach Let's us take it into the eighth thing on this list, which is that smiling helps. <laughs> and it gosh, really does. it's our tagline, right? Smile at getting our miles with a side of smiles. That's exactly what we're talking about. So maybe a good time to check in. Are you smiling, friends? <laughs> well, and you had told me that quote from your mentor because um, I was texting you and just, it's been a rough couple weeks, y'all. And I've forced myself to try to find reasons to smile and things to smile about. And it's not easy. And I know especially this time of year, a lot of people struggle to find the joy. And I'm not saying smile and completely fake it, but maybe try smiling. See how it feels. Well, if you can't, and I I am, I, my smile when it's fake versus when it's a real genuine smile is a world of difference. It misses a little sparkle. It just looks, it doesn't look the same. So I, I do think that there is something valuable of trying to find something to genuinely smile about. Um, but that's a great opportunity. Go ahead and scan the horizon. Do you see maybe somebody's, a neighbor's put something up in your neighborhood as you're running? Try to just take this as an opportunity of what can you see out there or on your treadmill, maybe even scan through the treadmill in your wherever you have your treadmill. Maybe you're excited that um, you actually folded your laundry that's usually sitting right next to you in a basket and smile about that. Or maybe the fact that you still have laundry to fold and smile about the fact that, gosh, isn't it wonderful to actually have access to a washer and a dryer at home? Because I know that whenever my washer or dryer has gone out, like that is the worst thing because I love to do laundry on a daily. I actually do laundry on a daily basis. I, I know that's weird, oh, wow. but I do. I Overachiever just, over I, I just, I just... I am I'm weird and I don't want to wait until like a laundry day because then it's too overwhelming for me. So I just like to throw in a load in the morning. I feel like it's not like I'm hand washing it. I'm just throwing it in there and then turning it into the dryer. And then needless to say, I always have folding to do. So, Well, and it's so true because like we actually joke because my husband has like his fake smile in pictures and I'll tell him like real smile, like not mm-hmm. a fake smile. Like I know when the he's forcing it. Yeah. But even with 
the roller coaster that I've been like we right now as this is being recorded I'm about to have a hurricane knocking on my front door the next day or so and I can't help but just laugh because it's just like of course I would have a hurricane so what do I do I make the song of the day scorpions rock you like a hurricane and I smile and I laugh because it's just like what else am I going to yeah. do? Like, quite frankly, if I don't laugh and smile, I'll probably cry. And it just, you know, I'm trying not to be that sad potato. So stick some googly eyes on the potato, put a smile on it. I mean, I've had a potato buddy before. Am I the only one? I I don't remember having a potato buddy, but I'm sure that I did because I had like at <laughs> least 5,000 imaginary friends. So I'm sure if there was a potato hanging around nearby, I would have How do you think rock? Friend. Like rock pets came about. Yeah. Somebody's like, let me slap a smile on a rock. And hey, those things went for big bucks. Yeah. Makes me think of Wilson um, but from the movie, uh, gosh, Castaway. But yes, and for the record, I am going to say something real quick here, friends, as you're rolling through there, if you are going through quite a bit and you are finding it difficult to smile. This is also a no judgment zone when it comes to just feeling those feelings. And if you feel like this is a great opportunity to just kind of release some of that frustration with some tears, it's okay. I often will do some of my best good ugly cries when I'm out for a run. And I think there's a lot to be said about that because it's like, I remember seeing something early on when I started running. You're not being, this is the one place where you can know that you're not being judged. Like the asphalt's not going to judge you. The trees that you're running past aren't going to judge you. So just lean into whatever emotion you have. Once you have that release, then you can bring back that genuine smile into your face. And knowing that, kind of like you said, Coach, earlier, where the sun will come out. It may not feel that way. Um, but it doesn't even have to wait till tomorrow. Maybe in a few hours, you might feel a little bit of levity. If not, go take that nap because that'll definitely help. And then, of course, because I always have music in my head, I think of Annie's Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Such a good one. And I'm oh. glad that you're singing it out because everybody would definitely take their headphones off if I was to sing it. Oh, my God. I was like, as I'm singing it, I'm like, this is not a good idea with the stuff we know. But hey, you take the step. I'm not staying on the sidelines. Still, I'm shining bright. Still so beautiful, your singing voice compared to mine. Trust me, you've got this girl. <laughs> Which takes us to the next thing on this list. And I, I swear when I pulled up this list originally, never did I think that it was going to be so perfectly aligned to everything that it has to do with running, which not actually, I'm kind of not surprised because I feel like life and running, and that's why we probably love it as much as we do. They have so many close parallels. So number nine, coach, you want to take it away? Yeah. So it's take one small step at a time which I'm going to kick it off right here again with our running. It takes one step, usually followed by a second step because, you know, coordination is important, but um, just take one little step. Go out for a walk. Make that walk a light jog. Try to get to that next mailbox. Try to sign up for your first race. See if you want to do more of a distance. It's all small little choices and small little steps that bring you to these big audacious goals. Is it audacious or audacious? Audacious. And I love that word. Audacious. Yes, it's one of my favorites. And that's where, like for you, for your six stars, you're talking about how you're at that tail end. Well, what did that whole journey start with? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. It did. And I actually stopped, started with a step, um, going back to what you were saying earlier as well, 
where like making now the time or just doing things, even if it doesn't look perfect. There were so many times that when I was first starting it out that I thought this is just not going to end well for me. Like there's no way that I can actually do this or um, I'm never going to actually officially be able to to get this accomplished or be able to move forward with it. So yes, those small steps and just going back at it, not focusing on it being perfect. And I love that too, that I think this is a great one almost towards the end of the list, because even if we're talking about recapping at the list, it's okay to take that small step in and being more proud of yourself. It, it, it will be very hard. It will feel very unnatural to go from somebody who's usually used to kind of shying away from get, taking the credit to all of a sudden be like, yeah, I'm totally awesome. It's not going to happen overnight, friends. So taking that small step of maybe just little tiny things of owning up to how awesome you are or sitting on the sidelines, not sitting on the sidelines, little small steps to get you off the sidelines. Maybe you don't have to get into the game. You don't have to go from sidelines into the game, but maybe you can move a little bit closer to like the warm up bench or maybe like promote yourself up to the official water girl, boy person. So little tiny things to get you in every aspect of your life. I think this is a great step to a great one for us to consider a great small step. (laughs) Well, and really, again, like most of us wouldn't go from a 5K to a marathon. So to take all of this with a grain of salt and realize we're not asking you to go from a 5K to a marathon, but maybe go from a 5K to a 3.12 run or a 3.2 run. Like all of that will lead to bigger and not necessarily better things, but you get where I'm going with it. Like it'll lead you to the path that you choose, whatever that better looks like. It's all relative. It also makes me think of the Neil Armstrong quote with um, one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. And that's really what it comes down to is like that one tiny step will get you. It is actually, it's a big leap of faith. Um, every single small step that you take. So absolutely love this one as well. I like how we're like small step and then we're like the first man on the moon. (laughs) But yeah, there was a bazillion small steps that took to that, right? Like, and a lot of people involved to make that happen. So I think that's a really great reminder of all of the different aspects that go into those little small steps and how they all add up to making these big. And that's the thing about social media, which I'm with you. I love social media in a lot of ways because I do feel like it's a great connector and a great way to, no matter where you're at in the world, find your little world, your little piece of the world. So maybe you may have felt more isolated because you're into, I don't know, I'm thinking like music now, like drum and bass. And you may have thought like, nobody in my neighborhood even knows what drum and bass is, but you may find those people who are and feeling like part of that greater good. Um, But yes, it goes back to still having that connection with social media, except that we still see social media highlighting the big things. Like what we see is Metal Monday on social media, but we don't see all the training runs that people are doing, hopefully to brunch, hopefully with their long brunches here (laughs) on the way to that really big medal. So it counts. Now we have a few more minutes here before we take it into our final two, actually it's going to be a three minute pace change where we're going to ask you guys to maybe make that shift, make that small step up a notch. I think it'll be super exciting for you to do so. And going back to something that Coach Shelby has talked about in previous brunches, 
You don't have to shave minutes off that pay shift. You could just look at that small step of maybe making it a couple seconds faster or focusing on really having a nice, tall, strong form from start to finish of that entire segment. We have about two minutes before we do that. So I think that we can get into the final thing on this list Coach, I feel like I can't take this one. You've got to go with it. I mean, we both feel very strongly about it, but I, I can't steal your thunder. As we're sitting here, I'm talking about smiling. I'm like, this one made me smile. And we'll definitely put the link for this and give this website credit because they did a great job putting these together. They did. Um, but number 10, sometimes you just should have ice cream or cake or cookie for breakfast. And I love what they say here. They go, seriously, it's in the book because life is just too short. And it is. And this goes back to diet culture for me and a lot of like the running diet culture to where we think that we have to have all these whole foods and we have to be so regimented and everything. And it's okay to give yourself the okay to maybe have, maybe not, if your ice cream's not your jam, maybe a cinnamon bun. Or maybe that big old stack of pancakes with the syrup. I mean, even though I'm not team sweet, like, you if I are. want something sweet, <laughs> I'm going to have it. I made um, this fall chocolate bark because I'd been seeing stuff like it on social media, and I wanted it. And even before we hopped on this recording, I'm like, I want something. Yeah. And there's actually, I grew up watching The Nanny with my mom, uh, Fran Drescher, who is just she's she's like I don't even know she's just amazing but there's a whole show that they did and at the end they're all sitting on the couch stuffed and the little girl goes you know call me crazy but I could go for something a little sweet and they all start grumbling and they're like yeah maybe a little cheesecake little this little that and I always laugh because that's what it should be like if you want a little something sweet have a little something sweet. Absolutely. So friends, this is a time to add a little sweet and spicy to your list here. Let's take it up for three minutes. And again, as I mentioned, there's so many different ways of focusing this. You can shift your pace up, get a little bit of extra pep in your step, or you're thinking, you know what, coach, I still got some more time to go. I got more smiles in my miles to go. And you don't want to necessarily burn out here in this three minutes. That's fine. You could focus on your form really nice and tall, putting that sweet smile on your face because we like to see some joy from there. Or maybe go ahead and just focus on your core. I've been focusing on my arm swing a lot lately because I feel like that is such an easy way for me to remember to keep those shoulders down and back and also helps me to focus on that light forward lean. So I don't know, something about just focusing on my arms helps me. What about you, coach? I I definitely focus on my breath um, because I have a tendency to let my breath get away from me. And for the longest time, I was an in-through-the-nose, out-through-the-mouth runner. And in an effort, and this was something that I did as my own personal running, not as a coach, um, in an effort to kind of hone in on my breathing, I started for my first few miles in through my nose, out through my nose and really controlling my breath work from there. 
um, there's research to both ways of doing it. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you said so, that. I was going to say, yeah. this is definitely one of the situations where it talks about with breathing. Um, there's so many different ways of what works for you. There is some science. I love that, that you're talking about breathing and bringing it back to that. That talks about in those faster paces, going ahead and letting your mouth kind of lightly stay open so you can bring in that oxygen in through both your mouth and your nose. But then there's also research that shows that sometimes those signals in your brain um, recognize it at when you breathe in through your mouth, you're also panicking a little bit just because it connects to like when we used to run and we were escaping a dinosaur. So you want to let your brain know being controlled in your You know, breathing. last Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I just saw a dinosaur at the races this past weekend. I'm definitely going to try to run <laughs> so it doesn't catch up with me. A velociraptor, velociraptor. Yes. Anyway. So friends, focus on your breathing, your arm swing, your feet, your posture, whatever works for you. But remembering that as we wrap up this list, that of course, life is just too short to not have the ice cream, the cake, the cookie. I love that they say for breakfast. I tend to have dessert every single day. Hello, team sweet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Even though I do, even though I'm not team sweet after lunch, I always have a piece of chocolate. You know, it I actually think it did the, wraps it up. the opposite for me. I think that it helped me in so many ways. When I started incorporating dessert every single day, it helped me to have a much more, um, I, I'm okay with having more vegetables throughout the day or, or focusing on more protein or whatever the case may be, knowing that I get to look forward to my little dessert at night. All right, my friends, that's it. We're going to pull it back in three, two, one. And one to our final five minute segment where we get to talk about more food and of course, coffee with the coaches. So coach Shelby, I'm going to kick it off with our little bit of coffee with the coaches, but first I'm going to remind folks to take it all the way back to that first thing on this list, which it's okay to say you're a badass. You absolutely kick some asphalt and pat yourself on the back again. Give yourself those kudos, my friends, but coach The question at hand, because so many folks are rolling through here on race season, it's kind of a little bit of a two-parter. So we're being asked, what should people do after they're done with their goal race? And is it okay to sign up for another race shortly after, especially along the lines of, I'm thinking of the person who signed up for like a marathon Are they okay to start training or start going into a 5K, a 10K, 15K, a half marathon shortly after that race? I'm going to let you go ahead and lead. What are you thinking is a good thing to do after those goal races? Don't sign up for an 8K because we've already established that my threshold for those 8Ks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Which I've, of course, I've been trolling you about 8Ks since then. (laughs) You have. Every chance she gets those. Yes. But after races... Depending on the distance, obviously. But most of the time, you're going to want to take a couple of days off. If you're going to be doing longer distances like a marathon, yeah, you're going to want to take more than just a couple of days off. Um, But this is when I will say a coach really does come into play because they can take an objective look through your entire training cycle, knowing what you felt like through that cycle. If you've had a banner cycle and after the race you feel great, your coach might advise you, yeah, just take a few days off, go for a light walk, see how it is. But if you don't have a coach with you, as a broad, a very broad statement here, go for a walk, see how that feels. I would advise everybody after a race, no matter what, 
your first movement should never be a run. And I, I know we say never say never, but I will hang my hat on this. Go for a walk before you go for a run. For all the love in all of the running worlds, just walk it out, folks. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know, especially as we get into this holiday season where people do tend to go into streaking and they think that, you know, I just finished a really great training cycle. I have to keep up my one mile a day. There is nothing wrong with choosing that one mile a day to be a really nice light walk. So please do take that into consideration if you're choosing any of those after a race. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Coach Shelby, it is one of those situations where I know folks always get so frustrated because it's always like, well, it just depends. And that's why working one-on-one with an athlete um, helps you to really customize things according to whatever their bodies may need. But we also are big proponents of no coach knows your body as well as you know your body. So listen to your body. If you are feeling a little bit more of, you know, it was a harder race, maybe it was a harder terrain, maybe it was the weather that we are seeing that's affecting a lot of folks in a lot of races currently with it being a bit warmer, it's perfectly fine to take a little bit more time off and then do a gentle reverse taper as you start to build whatever your miles may be. Or maybe you're one of the people who likes to have an on-season and an off-season, and then this is a great opportunity for you to get to explore all of those things that we talked about in our Taper Town episode, where it's like, if you want to go do, I don't know, trapeze art artistry and you want to take a class and sign up, and I actually really do, this is your time to do that because you don't have to worry about any kind of potential injury sidelining you for any of those goal races. I like to say that if you have signed up, if you had a strong training cycle and for like a, a longer distance race, that usually incorporating a shorter distance race within a few weeks after that may be good for you to see. Um, I like to actually, for even some of my athletes, is program a 5K about six to eight weeks within that marathon cycle so they can kind of see the improvement that they were able to make from building that infamous mitochondria that all those endurance runs kind of helps them build. So I think that it is okay. What I want to caution friends on, and I know that I am guilty of this, is signing up for a lot of these back-to-back races. And I I can honestly speak to that because I have signed up for back-to-back half marathons, um, quite literally crossed a half marathon finish line and went right to another one or done a lot of half marathons back-to-back. It's just don't race them all. Use some of them for an easy brunch kind of a approach and, and always make sure that you're honoring your bodies to what it needs. Now, coach. Yes. We are going to get ready to wrap this up, but we're going to talk about a little bit of our food. You already touched on it with so many of those great things of this chicken soup list. You made a little bit of a fall bark. Is that what you call it? I did. I made a fall bark because I've been wanting to. So no time like the present. So I will be dropping that in. It is a Coach Shelby brain creation. So you know, Godspeed with that, guys. So she is captaining Team Sweet this time around, friends. And I am going to take on our theme quite literally with our chicken soup. But I'm going to have a little bit of a homage to my childhood, which is caldo de pollo, which just means chicken soup in Spanish. We do it a little differently. We add a few more veggies in it. Um, our pasta look usually looks a little different. Um, again, we use a lot of cilantro, so it's got a little cilantro and we usually ch- change up our chicken like consistency. It's usually a little bit more of like the darker meats. So 
I'm going to be dropping that in. I can't wait to make it. I can't think of a better time to have some chicken soup for my soul and heart. And we can't wait to hear you guys let us know. But as we wrap this up, I want to thank you guys. I think both Coach Shelby and I want to thank you so much because as we talked about this list, you heard a lot of, I'm going to say pride from both of us in how much we love brunch. We really, really do. We, we have poured our hearts and our soul, no chicken about it, into it. And we couldn't have done it without you and your support. So thank you for helping us to, to make our dream a reality and and to be here for you all. So we really appreciate it. So give yourself that high five for um, supporting Timer for Brunch, of course, and for getting in that great workout. And now we're going to ask you to rehydrate, refuel with maybe your own version of fall bark or chicken soup or some of your other brunch-tastic favorites. And then while you're recovering and resting and resetting for your next run, we'd appreciate it if you take that time. Please do subscribe or rate Time for Brunch on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, because it really does help us in terms of discoverability and search options so that we can keep growing our Time for Brunch community. And of course, we can't wait to see your responses. Tag us on social media with hashtag TFBrunch. You can find us on Instagram at Time for Brunch Podcast, and we will have that linked in episode notes along with our Facebook community. Don't forget to check out our Quick Bites edition. It's a light movement focused episode, about 20, 30 minutes length. It drops on Wednesdays. And then we're going to see you again when it's time for brunch, where we're going to be serving up more miles with a side of smiles.